إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد In tonight's reminder we're going to mention some of the virtues of Ramadan and also in particular the types of actions and the types of deeds a person can do in this month of Ramadan and in particular we're going to mention four acts of worship four acts of worship that every Muslim should strive with in this month of Ramadan firstly we know that this month is a blessed month a month which is a virtuous month because there are times of the year that Allah makes more blessed and virtuous than other times this month of Ramadan is one of those times that Allah has made more blessed and more virtuous than other times so that is an opportunity therefore it's an opportunity for all of the slaves of Allah to take an opportunity to increase in your good deeds an opportunity to drop your sins an opportunity to become a better Muslim and do the righteous actions Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan Hafizahullah Ta'ala mentions Ayyuhal Nas Qad Adhallakum Shahrun Azim Mubarak Yani Halla Bikum Wanazala Bikum Shahrun Azim A great and tremendous month has come upon you A great and tremendous month has come upon you wasfuhu aw wasafahu bil azamah mubarak wasafahu bil baraka mimma yadullu ala idham hadha ash-shahr falyahmadillah kullu muslimin manna Allahu alayhi bi bulugh hadha ash-shahr every muslim should thank Allah that Allah has allowed you to come to this month to be alive to see this month there are many or there are some narrations that mention how the Salaf had a big desire to make it to the month of Ramadan alive so they could see this month and be in this month and do the worship of this month 
For six months in advance, they would make dua to Allah, allow us to live, to see Ramadan, allow us to live, to catch the next Ramadan. So everybody should be grateful to Allah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you this opportunity to be alive and to experience this Ramadan. فَيَغْتَنِمَهُ فِي طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى بِأَنْوَاعِ الْعِبَادَاتِ And so you can take the opportunity in this month of Ramadan to do the various different types of worship. Take this opportunity of Ramadan to do the various different acts of worship min salatin wa sayamin wa sadaqatin wa tilawatil quran al-azim from different types of worship like prayer fasting charity quran all of these are types of worship you can do in this month and those four are the four that we are going to focus on. In this month of Ramadan, if a person wants to increase his worship, and a person wants to become better as a Muslim, then there are many different worships you can do, but we will mention four of them now. The first of them is the prayer the first of the acts of worship that you rectify yourself with if you want to gather the hasanat you want to gather the good deeds is to make sure that your prayer is intact that your prayer is being prayed five times every day in the allotted times Praying upon the sunnah. Those prayers are of the most vital or they are the most important thing after the shahada. The prayer is the first thing you will be asked about on the day of judgment from your actions. Inna awwala ma yus'alu anhu al-abd yawm al-qiyamah as-salah. The first thing that a servant is asked about on the day of judgment will be about your prayer. Did you pray properly five times a day, every day, the obligation upon you? That will be the first thing that is looked into. In the narration it says, that you will be asked about the prayer. If your prayer is good and intact, you've been fulfilling your prayer during your lifetime, then the rest of your actions would typically be good too. But... If a person has shortcomings with regards to his prayer, 
He does not establish the five daily prayers. Then it is expected that the rest of his worship, the rest of his religion will also have a great deal of flaws within it. A great deal of shortcomings within it. Because if a Muslim cannot even guard over his prayer, cannot even make sure that he prays five times a day, then it is expected that he will have problems with other worships too. But if a Muslim guards over the five prayers every day, then it is expected that the remainder of his religion will be reasonably guarded over too. So on that day, the first thing you're going to be questioned about will be about your prayers. So that is something a person must rectify. Some of the scholars even say, you are not Muslim if you don't pray. You are considered a kafir if you don't pray. Even if you say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, if you don't pray, kafir. That is what some of the scholars say. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-ahdu alladhi baynana wa baynahuma, baynahum as-salah, فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا فَقَدْ كَفَرُ وَفِي رِوَايَ فَقَدْ أَشْرَكُ That the difference between us and them, the believers and the non-believers, is the prayer. So whomsoever abandons the prayer has committed kufr. The Prophet ﷺ said, has committed shirk. A Muslim who doesn't pray, then he has committed kufr. And so many of the scholars, they say, if you don't pray, then you're not Muslim. Even if you say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad rasulullah If you don't bother to pray, you abandon the prayer, then what type of a Muslim are you? So the first thing to focus on in sorting out, in rectifying, is your prayer. To make sure that you are praying those prayers daily, five times, in the times. And if you're not, then this month of Ramadan is now your opportunity to change that. But then on top of that, on top of the five daily prayers, from the hasanat that a person can gain in this month, is the supererogatory prayer, the optional prayer, the taraweeh. Qiyamul Layl, the night prayer, the Taraweeh prayer. And that is a virtuous prayer with a great reward for it. The Prophet said, Man qama Ramadan imanan wa ihtisaban ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhambih. Whomsoever prays, man qama, yani salla taraweeh, Qiyamul Layl. Whoever prays the night prayer, the taraweeh, in Ramadan with iman in Allah and the promise of Allah and ihtisab sincerely for the sake of Allah, desiring the reward from Allah, 
then his previous minor sins, the meaning of the minor sins, will be forgiven. All of your previous minor sins overlooked, wiped out and forgiven. If you pray the taraweeh every night, it only counts if you pray it every night for the whole month of Ramadan with iman in Allah, in the promise of Allah, and sincerity, wanting reward from Allah only, no showing off, no wanting praise from the people, then that person is promised that his past sins will be forgiven. So the first main act of worship to gain your hasanat in this month is the prayer. The five obligatory prayers and then on top of that the optional prayers, the supererogatory prayers, the sunnah prayers and in those is the taraweeh that you pray every night. How many raka'at should the taraweeh prayer be? So that is something you find differences of opinion amongst the scholars. Some say 8, some say 20, some say 23, some say 30, some say 40. Lots of different opinions. And you have those opinions of the scholars. So it is not something severe. It is not something severe. 8 is allowed. And the scholars have said 20 is allowed. 30 is allowed. In Mecca and Medina in the last 10 nights they pray 33 with the witter at the end. So it's allowed. You can pray more than eight. And some scholars say stick to just eight because the Prophet ﷺ only ever used to pray eight. The Prophet ﷺ never prayed 20, no hadith. But the scholars say it's allowed because some of the companions did. And uh, so therefore it is allowed to pray more. So that is your first action from the hasanat, the prayer. The second action, the second good deed of Ramadan is obviously fasting. The fasting of Ramadan is from the acts of worship that you gain your hasanat with. This is the second major action. And the Prophet said again, من صام رمضان إيمانا واحتسابا غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه Whomsoever fasts in Ramadan with Iman in Allah, the promise of Allah and احتساب, sincerely desiring the reward from Allah not رياء ولا سمعة not for showing off or wanting the praise of the people Whoever fasts sincerely, then his past sins will be forgiven. His past minor sins will be forgiven. That is another great reward and promise for those who fast in Ramadan with sincerity. They fast for the sake of Allah and they fast properly. Fasting properly, how is that?
Is it to stop eating and drinking all day? That is only part of fasting. Full fasting is to stop eating and stop drinking and also stop the bad deeds that you've been doing. That is how you fast properly. You stop eating and drinking, etc., but you also stop your bad deeds. Because if a person does not stop his bad deeds, he carries on lying and swearing and cheating and backbiting and slandering and spreading stories, but then he doesn't eat and drink all day and he thinks he's done, then in terms of the fast you are done, it will count. But will you get any reward for your fasting? Maybe you will get zero reward for your fasting. Even though you've been hungry all day, you've been thirsty all day, from Fajr all the way to Maghrib, you haven't eaten or drunk, your fast will count, but maybe you'll get no reward for it though. Because all day, you've still been swearing, you've been lying, you've been cheating, you've been deceiving, you've been slandering, you've been backbiting, you've been doing all of these evil statements and actions. Then as a consequence, maybe you end up with no reward for the day, even though the day counts. So at the end of the month of Ramadan, you may have fasted the whole month, but if you've still been engaging in haram throughout the month, then all of that fatigue and hunger and thirst may amount to hardly any reward for you. So a person needs to be mindful of this second tremendous act of worship in the month of Ramadan and that is the fasting fasting which is to abstain from all of that which Allah has prohibited from the food and the drink and otherwise that breaks your fast with an intention of sincerity to Allah from the entry time of Fajr up until Maghrib you fast for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Complete your fasts up until the night. So this is a tremendous act of worship. In fact, it is a beloved act of worship to Allah. And Allah obligated this fasting not just on us, the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But Allah made fasting obligatory upon the other nations who came before us too. That the fasting has been prescribed upon you. And it was also pres prescribed upon those who came before you. So the nations who came before us, the nation of Ibrahim salam, Musa salam, etc., they had fasting too. They used to fast too. So it's a beloved act of worship to Allah. Allah also says regarding it, that the act of fasting is for Him specifically. Fasting is for me and I will reward upon it. Normally the good deeds you get, the hasanat that you get, for your good actions, you get ten times. Al-Hasanatu bi-ashri amthaliha ila sabi'i mi'ati dhi'af. 
that the good deed you do, you get 10 times the reward for it. Up to 700 times the reward for it. For one good deed. But fasting, Allah says, Fasting is for me and I will reward the person upon it. Meaning unlimited reward. It can be unlimited reward. It is not restricted to 700 even. Huge reward for the people who fast. Similarly, Allah tells you of the virtue of this great act and the hasanat you get for it. In paradise, inna fil jannati baban yuqalu lahu rayyan la yadkhulu minhu illa saimun. There is a gate in paradise known as a rayyan. Nobody enters in through that gate except for those who are fasting, those who fast. And when they have gone in, the gate is closed. And nobody else enters in through that gate except for those fasting people. That is a tremendous virtue for those who fast. So this all indicates to you what a great act of worship fasting is. In another narration, the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ لِلصَّائِمِ فَرْحَتَيْنِ فَرْحَةٌ عِنْدَ فِطْرِهِ وَفَرْحَةٌ عِنْدَ لِقَاءِ رَبِّهِ that the fasting person has two times of happiness and joy. Once when he opens his fast, because Allah has blessed him to be able to complete the fast, and to get through the whole day in that worship, so he's happy. And secondly, when he meets his Lord on the day of judgment, because on that day he knows Allah will reward him. For the fasting that he used to do for the sake of Allah. Allah mentions, That he has left, a person leaves his food and his desires for the sake of Allah. For the sake of Allah, you stop your food and your drink and your desires. So Allah rewards those people abundantly. So that is the second major act of worship. In Ramadan and outside generally too, fasting. So the first one was the prayer, the obligatory prayers and in Ramadan also. Taraweeh, which by the way you can pray outside of Ramadan too, but not in congregation. Outside of Ramadan you pray it yourself by yourself. But in Ramadan you pray it in jama'ah. Second one was fasting. The third great act of worship in Ramadan and again outside of Ramadan too is the Qur'an. The recitation of the Qur'an, the implementation of the Qur'an, acting upon the Qur'an, that is the third major point to mention. This month, of Ramadan, it is the month of the Qur'an. What does the ayah say? Shahrul Ramadan. Anyone? The month of Ramadan in which the Qur'an was revealed. The beginning of the revelation of the Qur'an began in the month of Ramadan. 
It is the month of the Quran. And Jibreel alayhi salam, he used to come to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to practice the Quran with him, to revise the Quran with him. And the Salaf, they used to give a great amount of importance to reciting the Quran in this month of Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned in a hadith, every letter that you read in the Quran, when you're reading, you get how many rewards? Ten. Ten rewards for every letter you read in the Quran. But then the Prophet ﷺ explained. So when you begin, for example, Alif Lam Mim, Thalika Al-Kitabu La Rayba Alif Lam Mim. So that will be how many rewards then? Thirty. How come? Because in that word, there's three letters. What are they? Alif, Lam, Mim. So just one word you read and already you got 30 rewards. Because Alif you get 10, Lam you get 10, Mim you get 10. The Prophet ﷺ said, لا أقول Alif, Lam, Mim, Harf. بل Alif, Harf, Lam, Harf, Mim, Harf. Every one of those is a letter. Every one of them has ten rewards. So just reading Alif, Lam, Mim, already you got thirty rewards. Such is the great reward of reciting the Quran. Al-Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah ta'ala, used to finish the Quran forty times in Ramadan. Forty times beginning to end he used to finish the Quran. Other Salaf, it's mentioned even more. Even more than 40 times they used to finish the Quran in Ramadan. So it is an important act of worship. The recitation of the Quran. In a narration it says, Ad-Deenun Nasiha, Ad-Deenun Nasiha, Ad-Deenun Nasiha. This religion, it is sincerity, purity. Three times, purity, sincerity, purity, sincerity. They said, how, to who? Purity of religion, sincerity of religion, how? The Prophet said, firstly, purity of religion, sincerity of religion to Allah. That's the meaning of Ad-Deenun Nasiha. You hear the translation, the religion is advice. But more than that, it means purity, sincerity, Nasiha. So firstly, your purity and sincerity to Allah. Then, قَالَ لِلَّهِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ وَلِكِتَابِهِ Purity and sincerity to Allah in your worship. And towards the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that you obey him in the commandments and you stay away from the prohibitions. And thirdly also, purity and sincerity towards the Qur'an. How does a Muslim have 
purity and sincerity towards the Quran. Al-Sheikh Al-Fawzan mentioned five things. Firstly, to have the correct aqidah regarding the Quran. That you believe it is the speech of Allah, uncreated. The speech of Allah, not created from Him it began and to Him it will return. So you have the correct aqidah regarding the Quran. Secondly, that you recite the Quran. That you recite the Quran. Thirdly, that you understand the meanings of what you're reciting. So that you can ponder over them. And you can think about what Allah is telling you. So you understand the meanings. Fourthly, that you memorize it then. You read it, you understand it, you memorize it too. That is also from your sincerity and purity to the Qur'an. And fifthly, that you act upon the Qur'an. So the Qur'an is revealed for a great purpose. And this month of Ramadan is the month of the Qur'an. So a person should focus on reciting the Qur'an. Normally it is mentioned in the sunnah, that you should not finish the whole of the Qur'an in less than three days. But in the month of Ramadan, it is allowed to go beyond that. And to read as much as you can and to spend time in doing so. And finish it quicker than three days. So the third tremendous act of worship. The third way to gain your hasanat is the Qur'an. Then we come to the fourth way. The first way was prayer. Second way was the fasting. Third way was the Qur'an. The fourth great act of worship you can do in Ramadan and outside of Ramadan. But in particular in Ramadan... Charity. Because it mentioned about the Prophet ﷺ, he used to be the most generous in Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ used to be the most generous he was. The most generous in Ramadan. It's known about him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that he was generous anyway, even before he became a prophet, when he used to pack his uh, food and go to the cave Hira, where he would spend days and nights at a time. He would pack his food and take it with him, spend days there. On the way, it's mentioned the food he had packed, he would need whilst in the cave for several days. On the way he would see poor people and he would end up giving some of that food out on the way already before even getting to the cave. So he was known to be generous anyway. But in the month of Ramadan, the Prophet ﷺ was even more generous with his wealth. 
because spending from the wealth that Allah has given you is an act of worship if you spend it correctly on the day of judgment it mentions that the two feet of a person will not move the two feet of a person will not move until he is asked about his wealth two questions where and how you earned it and where and how you spent it how you earned it and how you spent it so if a person earns it halal and then spends it halal then that individual will have the reward upon that in the day of judgment a person spends his wealth upon the obligations the obligations of spending upon yourself and upon your family upon the housing the clothing the food those are mentioned as specifics that are obligations upon you but then on top of those obligations and the zakat as well for the one whom it's due upon there are spendings that are optional and the believers take these opportunities in fact if you read right at the beginning of the mushaf in the opening of the quran alif lam mim who from the kids knows it ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْ غيب و ويقيمون الصلاة و ومما رزقناهم ينفقون. These are the characteristics Allah mentions about the believers right at the beginning of the Mus'haf. If you open up the Mus'haf, opening page of the Quran after Fatiha. You'll see Allah tells you about the characteristics of the believers. Those characteristics are They believe in the unseen. What Allah has told us about paradise, hell, day of judgment, everything we believe in that, absolutely. And they established the prayer. We spoke about that before already. And the third one, that they spend from that which we have blessed them with. Allah has blessed you with wealth. Allah has blessed you with money, with houses, with cars, with clothes, money. Allah has blessed you with money and wealth. That money and wealth has not come to you because of your skills. Don't think because you're smart and you know how to do things in business that you've earned the money for yourself. You have not earned it for yourself. Rather, Allah has decreed that for you and blessed you with it. Allah has decreed that wealth for you. You have not earned it from your own skill and your expertise. 
So do not think you have earned it for yourself. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you that. So that wealth, spending it for the sake of Allah, is a tremendous act of worship. From the best of the ways you can spend it, is the ways that aid the religion of Allah. So the mosques, you spend that money in aiding the mosque, building the mosque, when they are fundraising for the mosque, you spend in that way, then that will be written down for you as a tremendous act of worship and deed. And you'll carry on getting the reward of that even after you die. Sadaqah Jariyah. In a narration it mentions that when you die, all of your actions are cut off. Except three things. One of them, Sadaqah Jariyah. The ongoing charity. If you give towards a masjid to help build the masjid, to buy the masjid, even after you die, Muslims are going to carry on coming and praying in that masjid and their kids are going to carry on learning in that masjid even after you die. The masjid will still be there. So you'll carry on getting the reward because you were one of those people who helped to build that masjid when you were alive. Allah said, uh, in the hadith it mentions that man bana lillahi masjidan bana Allahu lahu baytan fil jannah. Whoever builds a house for Allah, a mosque, then Allah will build a a palace, a palace for you in paradise. Allah will build you a house, a palace in paradise, if you build the house of Allah in this world. So one of the best ways you can get your hasanat, is the fourth way we just mentioned, that is giving in charity. And one of the best ways to give in charity, is the sadaqah jariyah. And that can be, for example, in the building of the masajid, the houses of Allah, where the Quran is recited, the prayer is prayed, the kids are taught about their religion, Allah is remembered. What a tremendous way. So bear in mind these four main methods of gaining the hasanat in Ramadan. The prayer, the fasting, the Quran, and charity. Charity from the money Allah has given you. And Allah will bless you in your wealth, and bless you in your, uh, your income, in your sustenance, in your rizq, if you give in the path of Allah. Here now you have that perfect opportunity. This masjid is here and you can donate towards it. You can donate towards this masjid to keep it running, to buy it, to increase it, to make it better. Where the prayers are established, Allah is remembered. The hadith are taught, religion is taught. The Quran, the sunnah. This is a tremendous act of worshipping, giving your money to a place like a masjid, a masjid upon the sunnah. And even after you die, inshallah, the masjid will remain. And for all of those years it remains, and the people and the kids of the future generations, they come and they pray and they learn and they benefit, you carry on getting the reward for it, because you participated in that. In one narration it mentions, even if you participate, in one tiny corner portion of the mosque. 
the size of an egg. Tiny corner you gave the money to fix it. That tiny corner, all of that reward carries on. That is a part of the masjid you participated in. So bear this in mind and what a great act of worship it is. These are some of the ways of gaining the hasanat in Ramadan. So that is where we'll conclude this reminder today. It is almost time for the opening of the fast. So inshallah ta'ala will round off there. And afterwards you know the iftar will be served after the prayer inshallah ta'ala. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين